Another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And we've got a jam-packed episode coming on the heels of a crazy Talladega weekend and a phenomenal finish. So we will touch on that and how we made out at Talladega. And then we've got a doubleheader weekend, something that I can't remember NASCAR having anything like this in the, the recent past. So we are going to dive into Pocono. And take a look at some Moneyline picks to win the race. Then we'll jump into some head-to-heads. And we've got a jam-packed prop bet section that I'm also going to throw a little Phil's Fired Up in there as well. So uh, make sure that you stick around for that because i got a couple ideas of how NASCAR could market this weekend a little bit more towards the, the gambler. So that should be good. And we'll probably finish off with that. So to start, though... We're going to take a quick look back because it was quite the weekend in Talladega. Weather got in the way. We had complete rain delay postponed till Monday. And then we obviously had the the craziness with Bubba Wallace go down. And then Ryan Blaney wins a wild finish. So all in all, I mean, you know, we had said on last week's episode that if you've got any family members or friends who are kind of on the fringe about watching NASCAR, make sure they're watching the end of that race at Talladega. And we were right. I mean, we hit that dead on because that finish was phenomenal. We had cars sliding across the finish line, just unbelievable. So we didn't take Blaney to to win the race last week, but we did cash in. We, we bounced back in the head-to-head section. Uh, we went 3-1 and one this past weekend at Dega. Uh, so made out pretty good there. We, we had a Kurt Busch top 10, so cashed in there as well. So we made up for not having the winner on the money line. Reddick, I mean, we had a, a good prop bet, the, the group bet with Tyler Reddick, and he was out front dominating all race. I mean, he had won a stage. He was up front towards the end, and I think the, the crew chief pulled him in on that last caution, which killed us on that bet. So really upsetting there. And the, the other thing was, it was a prop bet against Jimmy Johnson, Eric Jones, and Ryan Newman. And Eric Jones had been an afterthought that whole race. And then all of a sudden, on the last turn, I hear Gordon say, well, here's Eric Jones coming. I was like, where did he come from? So uh, that one didn't work out for us. But all in all, I mean, did pretty well. And uh, we're looking forward to Pocono. And then, obviously, the, the Bubba Wallace stuff. I mean, once that all went down, I you know threw some cash down on Bubba just because that would be just the craziest story ever if he were to go out and uh, win that race. He was plus 5,000. So throw a few bucks down and you're you're walking away with a couple hundred bucks. So not to be, but um, all in all, still feeling pretty good coming out of Talladega as far as where we're at money-wise. And we're going to look ahead to Pocono, which is uh, my home track. Yeah, that's the, the closest track to us here in the Philadelphia area. And Feeling pretty good about it. NASCAR decided with the schedule last year to make Pocono, instead of having you know a June and July race, they made it one weekend. And it's something that, you know, a little bit of a gimmick, but we're going to see if it works out. And they're used to having two races. A lot of people kind of say, you know, well, if you're going to take away a race from a track, Pocono really, you know, on Twitter and on Reddit, that seems to be a track that people jump to to say, hey, why don't you take one away from Pocono? But this is their response to that. So I'm really anxious as a fan of the track, been there a bunch. Um, That is something that I would not want to see have happen to them. So uh, we want to really see how it works out. But um, two races in one weekend, how do you handle that betting-wise? Well, we're going to be calling out the matchups that we like and the, the drivers that we like for basically the whole weekend. And if you want any updates after the Saturday race, make sure you 
check us out on Instagram at Full Tank Phil, where we'll put out any updates to the bets that we have out there um, on our Insta stories there. So give us a look there. But history-wise, so let's take a look at some of the track stats. And once again, track stats sponsored by Sean Boy. For all of your analytics needs, he is the numbers guy. If you need any help whatsoever working through your Excel spreadsheets, you're jammed down in numbers, TPS reports, boss has you down, give Sean Boy a call. He will help you out. He will get you over the hump. And this week, we've got a promo code. So use promo code HAMMER to get half off your first consultation with Sean Boy. Remember, Sean Boy, he's our boy. Okay, so let's get into some track stats here. They've been coming here 84 times, twice a year for quite a while now, and 16 times the winner has started on the pole. Last time it happened was Kyle Busch in 2017, so that's a pretty decent amount. And then starting in the top five, the winner has started there 48 times, so, you know, bit over 50% of the time. That's pretty similar to what we've seen across the board here. And starting within the top 10, 59% of the time. So that's right up around three-fourths of the time. So the starting position is going to be important here at this racetrack. Starting outside the top 20, it's only happened seven times out of 84. Last time it happened was, well, Kyle Busch yet again in 2018. And something to note, I know that they are doing the random draw for starting position, so we might not see any of the, the big guys starting back here, but no driver has ever started outside of the top 30 and won a race at Pocono. So just something to consider there as we you know, dive into these track sets. Now, historically, in the early 2010s, this track was absolutely owned by the Hendrick camp. I mean, they were dominant here. We used to come here and... It was just who's going to win. At one point, they had all four of their drivers in their stables win in a row. It was like Dale Jr., Jimmy Johnson, Casey Kane, and Jeff Gordon all won back to back to back to back. Earnhardt had a bunch in a row or, or a few in a row. So it was Hendrick here. Chevy was the, the go-to camp. But since in about, like, I don't know, 10 races ago, I guess you could say, the, there's been a change in the guard here. And it's been Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing. So that is the team that is hot right now. And they have won five races in a row with their drivers dating back to 2017. And it's really crazy because if you look at the last 10 races here, Joe Gibbs and, and Toyota have won six times. And one of the other times was Martin Truex when he was driving uh, for, for Chevy. So... If you want to say just Joe Gibbs drivers in general, that's seven out of the last 10 races here. So pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Now about Pocono itself. I mean, I'm obviously a little biased, as I mentioned, but um, the, the fact of the matter here is you could either have a really exciting race, an exciting finish for multiple different reasons. I mean, it could turn into fuel mileage situation where you're, you're hoping um, that the leader hangs on or if you get a green-white checkered finish, if you get overtime at Pocono, it is super exciting to see these guys driving down into turn one at Pocono. It is craziness, pure chaos, and that's very interesting to watch. Now, the flip side of this is if you don't get that sort of ending, because there are, on average, like single-digit number of cautions, it's not that exciting, you know, if you're not worrying about the fuel and the drivers are really spread out, I mean, that can be a bit boring. So, you know, that's something to, to consider as we head into the weekend. It's another reason why it's worth betting. Makes it more fun for you as the viewer. The other thing is people get annoyed with Pocono because it's in the Northeast, dealing with Northeast weather, and the weather seems to always play a factor here. But every race this year has really had weather interrupting it at some point in time, it feels like. So this race is going to come down to long runs, the Announcers are going to talk about the crew chiefs treating this as like a road course with fuel mileage and, and who's got the car that's going to be able to, to be, you know, the strongest car in the field. Because you may be newer to NASCAR maybe and you're saying to yourself, well, this is 
just about the same size as the track we just came from, Talladega. That is correct, but it's not a super speedway where really anybody has the ability to win at a place like Talladega. This is different. You need a strong vehicle if you're going to win a race at Pocono. There are some long shots. I mean, Chris Busher won due to a rain-shortened race, which, you know, you could play that. We talked about how weather's a, a thing here, but for the most part, you really need a strong vehicle. So, strategy-wise, how do we play this one? Well, I go into every race looking to see whether it's worth betting on the favorites or not. So, I've gone over this in the past, but I'll say it again. I have the, the certain amount of money that I'm going to spend on a race weekend betting on the race. And for the most part, I want to look and see what the favorites are going off at and if it's worth throwing more money down on them to get more bang for my buck or avoiding the favorites and spreading my money out on some more of the long shots. And if they hit, then it's, it's great payoff. This is a race that I am liking the favorites, which is kind of rare. I usually like spreading it around the, the more of the underdogs, but in this scenario, I'm liking the favorites and we'll talk about why. So that's going to be my strategy, kind of playing more money on the guys at the top of the, the sports book, but um, we'll get into to who right now. So let's get into some money line picks. And the guy that stands out to me, he's going off as the favorite right now. He actually opened at plus 450 and then dropped down to plus 500, but it's Kyle Busch. We talked about how Gibbs is the dominant team here lately, but in my mind, it's really just Kyle Busch. So in the last 10 races here, he has three wins, four top fives, and eight top tens, three poles on top of that. He's pretty dominant. In those 10 races, he has led 397 laps. That's good enough for 25% of the laps in the last 10 races. That is crazy. Not only that, but the second place if you're looking at that stat, total laps led in the last 10 races, he leads the second place guy, which is Kevin Harvick, by over 150 laps. So domination is the word to describe that 18 team at this racetrack. I mean, his average finish in that time span is 9.4, good enough for fourth on the circuit. His driver rating, seventh. So that's taking into consideration his whole career, where he might have had some uh, rougher finishes down the road, but seven straight top 10 finishes. And in that time span, the last seven races here for Kyle, where he's finishing those top 10s, his average finish is 4.7. So lately, not only is he good here, but it's really recently he's been good. He's just the guy. And at plus 500, I don't mind that. It goes back to what I was saying. Spend a little bit money on more money than you might usually on a driver on Kyle this weekend because I think it's going to pay off for you, especially because they are here for two races in one weekend. If he maybe misses the setup or something like that on the first one, you know on Sunday he's going to be coming back even stronger. So since 2017, he has been the man. And if he finishes on the lead lap, so if you look at the last 10 races, he has eight lead lap finishes, that puts him in the top 10. So he has back-to-back -back wins coming in July of 2018 to the June race of 2019. He's just the guy. He's the favorite for a reason. But on top of everything, you want to put the real world into it. Kyle doesn't have a win yet this year. And I would bet that if you're Kyle Busch or you're that crew chief or that team, you circle Pocono because he is the guy here. And if they are struggling, this is a, a bit of a remedy for that because they could snap back out of it. It's been that for him in the past. I think Pocono is what he won after he came off of that leg injury that really sprung him to his championship that year. So this is a, a track that I would imagine they are ready for and they're hoping to get a, a great result out of. So for all of that, I'm taking Kyle Busch this weekend at Pocono. Plus 500 is a pretty good value because it definitely could be lower than that. So mark me down, 18 team. Next... I mean, I mentioned Joe Gibbs being good. So, spoiler alert, I'm talking about a few of them here. The next one up is Denny Hamlin. So, Hamlin right now is going off at plus 800. I love that number for Denny Hamlin at this racetrack. His last 10 races, one win, two top fives, and six top tens. Career, Denny Hamlin has five wins. 
That's most of anyone starting this weekend at Pocono. So consistency, though, is key for him. He is just Mr. Consistent. I feel like this stat is available at like every racetrack we go to. But if you're looking at his average finish for his career, it's 12.1. And he's been here a, a million times. But if you look at just his last 10 races, it's 12.0. So it's it's right on. I mean, that team, he is just really there every single time. He's got three straight top 10s. He won the last race we were here last July. So something to be said there. He's coming off of a hot finish here last time. He's the best driver, according to driver rating, out of anyone in the field. His driver rating is first. 105.1 is his driver rating. So that's something to write home about. Um, the, the pattern stat, I know we like to look into, you know, a little bit more of the details, try to find some patterns. Last week we called one out for Logano. This time we're calling one out for Denny Hamlin. So when he has won a race at Pocono, he has followed it up with a second victory back-to-back. -back. So the first time he ever drove at Pocono, he won the race, followed that back up with a second win in his very next race. Then, you know, later through his career, you know, maybe eight races later, he won again, followed it up with another win. So he won here in July. If that pattern were to continue, means he would win again this race on Saturday. So it'll be interesting. I'd love to see it. Now, we talked about how this is a track where you're going to want to take some risks. His crew chief, Chris Gabehart, he is someone who is in position to be able. He's able to afford those risks to take, you know, so if everyone else is pitting, maybe you could stay out, get some track position. He's one of those guys that could do that. And that team can afford to be able to do that. The team's just on fire, especially on large racetracks. I mean, he, he performed very well at Talladega after hitting the wall and really having to bounce back all the way. He was back up at the front in that last stage. Um, then obviously one Daytona. So this 11 team, they're poised for a good finish at some point this weekend. So uh, mark me down, plus 800 for Denny Hamlin. I love it. Next guy, non-Joe Gibbs racing guy. It's the only one I'm going to call out here, and it's Brad Kozlowski, also going off at plus 800. So in his last 10 races, no wins, but seven top fives and eight top tens with a pole. He won back here, if you can remember, back in 2011. He I think he like broke his ankle or something. He was driving on like a broken ankle. I don't remember. I'm kind of just riffing here, but I remember he was driving that Red Zapple Ale car. That's what I do remember because it made me uh, thirsty and, and give that alcohol a try. Made me think, you know, I could go out and break an ankle and, and go run a marathon because he won that race in 2011 with an injury there. He has the most top fives out of any driver in the last 10 races here. His driver rating is eighth, which is good enough, 94.7. So pretty good numbers there. We're talking about average finish all time. His average finish is third with the, the actual number at 11.1. And in his last 10 races, it's good enough for second on the circuit, 8.7. So that tells you that he is getting better more recently. It's improving 11.1 to 8.7 um, in his last 10. So very good numbers. That's what we want to see. Eight of his last nine we're top 10 finishes, and he's always there at the end. He's able, again, to take risks, just like we talked about with, with Chris Gabehart. Kozlowski has that same ability. And we know that Brad is very vocal on the radio when it comes to that stuff. So he is someone that would, you know, be able to, to jump in there and dictate that. Jeremy Bullens is his new crew chief. We know about the uh, the crew chief swap at Penske. Bullens won this race with Ryan Blaney, who was driving the 21 car at the time back in 2017. So we know he's a crew chief that can get it done because as much as this is on the drivers, I feel like Pocono is very much on the crew chiefs as well. I mean, the car needs to be on rails, off the truck, and they need to be able to make good calls on the fly depending on how the cautions land. So I like that combination, and I like that number for Brad Kozlowski because historically he's someone who can, you know, really be there. I mean, if you've got that two car on the first few rows, if there's a, a green-white checker going into turn one, I wouldn't hate having him. So mark me down, plus 800 for the two. 
Then the last guy I'm going to take. I could take some of these other guys that are, you know, towards the top. I talked about liking favorites. All three guys that we called out are the favorites or, or up there. I'm going to take a little bit of a long shot, plus 1,600. And I'm sticking with the Gibbs camp in Eric Jones. I talked about how he jumped up there towards the end of that race at Talladega. Well, he's my wild card pick for this weekend. Six races here lifetime at Pocono in the Cup Series, four top five finishes and five top tens. Really good numbers considering only six races here. And if you look at his career driver rating, it's second. 103.6 is his driver rating. That's phenomenal stat for such a young driver here in his last 10 races his average finish 8.3 you know what that's good enough for first on the circuit and he's only had one tough trip here in 2018 where you know he, he got into it and uh, had a really bad finish but other than that i mean it's it's really good last year he finished second and third so he's just getting closer and closer to that victory here it's a track that i mean from his finishes, you would say he really likes it. He's the ugly duckling at Gibbs. I mean, everybody knows the Kyle Busch. They know the, the Denny Hamlins and Martin Truex stories, like all that stuff. No one's thinking about the 20. And he's here at, you know, Pocono, and he's fighting for the playoff spot. Finished fifth at Talladega, like we talked about. He's got a little bit of momentum. I feel like you give these teams a, a, a smidge of momentum and they can perform. So, Fighting for the playoffs, this is a track that, you know, he could say, hey, we can get some points here. I would love it. So this is a spot all weekend you want to be on top of the 20. I don't think he's thinking about this doubleheader as a gimmick. I think he's saying, you know, this is an opportunity for us to climb up the standings and, and maybe even snag a win and punch our ticket to the playoffs. So plus 1,600 for a guy with those stats, I can't overlook it. It doesn't matter what the name is or what the team is. But when you throw in the fact that he's with Toyota, with Joe Gibbs, they're the ones who own this racetrack. They got all the notes. Give me Eric Jones plus 1600 as my little wild card pick to try to cash in on something uh, something big there. So to recap the money line picks, we're going with the favorite. Kyle Busch right now plus 500. Denny Hamlin plus 800. I would expect that to go down a little bit. Brad Keselowski plus 800 at the moment and Eric Jones plus 1600. Get that one while you can. bit of a change up this week because now we're going to dive into the head-to-head -head section. So we're going to save the, the prop bets and the top tens for a little bit later because they tie into my Phil's fired up rant, my idea. So we're going to focus now on a lot of people's favorite part of the podcast. It's identifying some head-to-head -head matchups and picking some winners about those matchups to try to um, capitalize. And last week we really did. Three and one was our record last week out of the four we chose. Obviously that parlay, that elusive parlay, nailing all of them, uh, still eluding us here. But we will try again this week because I really like the matchups. Now, I like to bet them all individually by themselves, but also to throw them into a, a parlay to see if we can hit big. So we're going to start with a um, number of different drivers here. We're going to start with a, a really high-profile matchup, and then we'll work our way down the standings here. So we're going to start with Joey Logano versus Ryan Blaney. These two are just very similar to each other in terms of how their season is going, and um, we'll, we'll get into it here. So let's first look at Joey Logano. All right, 10 races, or sorry, in his last 10 races, he doesn't have a win, but he does have one in his career. Two top fives and four top tens. His average finish in that time span is 17.7. Two top tens in his last seven races. So the thing about Joey, I mean, those aren't great numbers, but the thing about him is he always does better in the first race than he does in the, the second race at Pocono. So if you're going to bet on Joey, you would probably want to make sure that you're doing it on Saturday just due to the, the trends and the patterns here. Last time he led laps, though, was back in 2016. So it seems that Joey, you know, has had his share of success at this track, but not as much as you would have expected from the, the 22 and, and Joey Logano recently. Now, looking at Ryan Blaney, he only has eight races here in his career, but he has one win, 
one top five, which is the win, and then four top tens. So just as many top tens as Logano with two less races. He also has a pole. And his average finish in that time span in eight races, 11.5. So one 30th place finish. But other than that, Blaney is right around that 10th spot. So he's got a 12 and a a couple 12s and 11 and a 10th place finish. So, you know, he's got the, the outliers 30th and first, and then it's usually right around the 10th spot. So, um, Good stuff out of Blaney. I mean, I would say that that's pretty solid for his first eight races at this racetrack. So looking at the head-to-head series at Pocono between these two, Blaney actually has a 5-3 lead in those eight races they've been in the same race. And for the season this year, Blaney actually has an 8-5 lead over Logano, which kind of took me by surprise because these two in the standings are just like a couple points off of each other. They're second and third in the standings behind Harvick. And, you know, Blaney really has been coming on strong. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Ryan Blaney here. His his last few finishes have been second, third, and obviously he's coming off the big win at Talladega, but he finished first. So he's got the momentum. Logano's success was really at the beginning part of the season before COVID. I know I've bet on him a few times since then, and I'm really thinking that one of these times he's going to you know, get off the schneid and, and snag that victory. But looking at the statistics at Pocono, it's really trending towards Ryan Blaney. So give me the 12 car coming out with another good run after their victory. It'll be coming this week at Pocono. Next up, I like William Byron versus Jimmy Johnson as a matchup because it's two guys out of the Hendrick camp. And this is, you know, very different looking at these two because Jimmy Johnson obviously been here forever, his really last rides here at Pocono, whereas William Byron, his career is just getting started. So we'll start with Byron first. He's only been here four times. He has one top five and three top tens with a pole. Average finish, 9.2. So that's good enough for third on the circuit out of the last 10 races here. Pretty good numbers there in his first four starts. All three of his top 10s were his most recent, so they're all coming in a row. And the July race, the last one we had, he finished fourth. Top five. So things are trending upwards for Byron. If we look at Johnson, Last 10 races, he has one top five and three top tens. His average finish, 19.0. So all time here, his average finish is 12.0. So it seems like he's kind of falling off. Jimmy Johnson is really the the perfect example of why we focus on the last 10 races here to start. Because, you know, you could look at your career numbers and, and say Johnson is the guy. But in the last 10, it shows that He's been getting worse. One top 10 in 2018 in the last eight races here. So clearly just not getting it done recently. In the Pocono series, when these two guys have been in the same race, Byron actually leads three to one. The season series, though, goes to Jimmy Johnson. But here's the thing, and this is the reason why I'm taking William Byron in this matchup. They're both going off at, oh, I'm sorry, no, Byron's actually the favorite, minus 125 compared to Johnson's minus 106. So Byron a little bit more of a favorite, but I'm going to choose Byron anyway because Byron is coming off this season of three straight head-to-head matchup wins against Jimmy Johnson. So you combine that with his success at Pocono against Johnson overall as a team for that 24 I just like it. I know that William Byron and I, we never get along. So if you want to fade me on this one and take Johnson, I will not be upset about that. But I'm going to take William Byron to, to beat the 48 this weekend at Pocono, at least on Saturday and maybe both races. The next matchup we have is an interesting one because actually the next two include rookies. So those are always interesting to try to dissect. And we're going to start with Eric Almirola versus Tyler Reddick. So these two guys we talked a lot about on the podcast last week. We took Almirola uh, plus 2,000 at Talladega to win, slid across the finish line third. So we just missed on a big payday there. And then we talked about Tyler Reddick in that group bet. So these two guys head-to-head, it's a solid matchup. I mean, this is the type of thing. It's the reason why you bet on these 
head-to-head matchups. Because say you take Kyle Busch and, and he has a rough go. Then, you know, if that's the only bet you placed, well, your race is over. But if you bet on this type of matchup where these guys are going to be in the pack and every lap and every caution, it's going to be, you know, kind of changing who's in the lead. So I love this type of matchup. We'll look at Eric Almrola first. All right, nine races here in his career. He's got two top tens. Average finish, not great. 23.6. Yikes. But since he's joined the 10 team, his average finish actually goes down to 13.5. So he seemed to have figured it out since he joined Stuart Haas Racing. Last year, the two races at Pocono, he finished 12th and 10th. So hovering right around that top 10. We're actually going to talk about him in a second. But you combine that with the fact that he's had some good finishes lately this year, coming off of that third and a, and a top five at Miami. Pretty good stuff from our Eric Almarola. Now let's look at Tyler Reddick because we don't have any numbers on him in the Cup Series at Pocono. But if we look at his two Xfinity starts, he has a second place finish and an eighth place finish. So, and that's not a lot of data, but still pretty solid. They only go there once a year. So two years in the Xfinity, those were his numbers. Now, the other thing I wanted to dive into was he's taking over the year he took over and, and pretty much ran with it, the eight team, the eight car. So I, Daniel Hemrick was in that seat last year. So I just wanted to dive into that and see how they finished. And last year in the second race, he finished seventh. And that was good enough for his second best finish of the season. So... The other race at Pocono for Daniel Hemrick and the eight car was a 13th place finish. So not bad for that team. So you combine that with the fact that you're getting a driver who historically, you know, in Xfinity, minor leagues, pretty solid. And if you throw that together with the fact that Tyler Reddick has just been performing off the charts right now, it, it really makes you think. So both of them are hot. To me, this is kind of a toss-up, so I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. He has the season series over Almirola, 7-6. So even though Almirola has a, a fifth-place finish recently at Miami Homestead, uh, Reddick finished third there. So, you know, he, he's got him. It seems like they're, they're going to be doing battle. So mark me down for the eight car in this head-to-head -head matchup, but we're not done talking about Almirola just yet. But in this particular matchup, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. Now, the last matchup that I have, this is further down in the pack, and we're going to talk about Ryan Newman and Christopher Bell. They're both going off at even. Every other matchup, by the way, other than the, the Byron Johnson matchup, uh, both going off even minus 115, everybody else. So um, that's what this one is. And these guys are far back in the standings. Obviously, Newman has had his reason why, I mean, being out for a few races at the beginning of the season. But these guys are 24th and 25th in the standings. So really scrapping and clawing at every point they can possibly get right now. And they're starting to trend towards desperation where they need a, a victory. So I don't know if this is going to be the track where these guys are going to get uh, a win, but in a head-to-head -head matchup, it's worth looking at. So Ryan Newman, 10 races here. Only one top 10 in those last 10 races. He has a victory, but it's all the way back in 2003. Long time ago. In his last 10 races, average finish is 17.2. He finished 8th here in 2008. And the rest of his finishes, for the most part, are right around mid-teens. So you'd say like 14, 15, 16, like right around that area. All right. So... Now the question is, you know, you got to assume Newman would be in and around that. I mean, his average finish shows that as well, 17th. Um, so now it's, okay, well, will Christopher Bell be better than, let's say, 15th? And we don't have any cup starts to look at when we start talking about his history, but we do have his, his Xfinity and truck career. So his last time out, he finished 5th in the Xfinity race here last year. The race before that, he actually crashed out, 36, so not a good look there. But in 2017, the year before that, he had a truck win. And so going even further back to 2016, he finished 10th in the truck. So some solid numbers. I mean, a truck win, 10th place in the trucks, 5th place in Xfinity, that's pretty solid. The season series among these two guys 
is six to four Newman. So it's really, what do you consider more important? The, the track history and the experience here at Pocono or kind of more recent success, even though it's in some of the lower series. And my pick for this matchup is going to be Christopher Bell. And for me, it's really one reason. It's Toyota, because we talked about how Toyota is the manufacturer that dominates here. He is that fifth Joe Gibbs affiliate car. And that recent success in the lower series stands out to me because you get that taste of, you know, victory in the trucks and and good finishes. So you're leaving a good taste in your mouth coming up into the cup series. And he's also had more success recently with a top 10 at Homestead Miami uh, compared to Newman, who's really just been treading water at this point. So mark me down for Christopher Bell in that 95 car to win this head-to-head matchup this weekend at Pocono. So just to reiterate our picks, and this is really focusing on Saturday's race to start. And then if we want to make any adjustments, like I said, be sure to join us on the Instagram at Full Tank Phil. We'll update anything that we want to change via the Instagram stories there. But um, I would love the opportunity, if it was presented, to be able to take one of these matchups in a you know head-to-head parlay for both weekend races. That would be phenomenal. But um, so just to reiterate the picks that we have, the guys that we like, Joey Logano versus Ryan Blaney, I'm taking Ryan Blaney. William Byron versus Johnson, I'm taking Byron. Almarola versus Reddick, I'm taking Reddick. And Ryan Newman versus Christopher Bell, I'm going Christopher Bell in that 95 car. Now, is there anyone out there who wants to go fast? Anybody? I want to go fast. So now we're going to finish off the podcast with what we're calling the prop bet section. And we're going to tie it in with some Phil's fired up because the, the stuff I want to rant about is related to prop bets that should be available this weekend. So first we're going to talk about picks that we like. And we're going to start with some top 10 picks with a couple of guys who I already called out in the head-to-head matchup section. So I'm going to start with William Byron. The, the top 10 odds just came out. And he's going off to finish in the top 10 at minus 118. I think that's pretty solid for someone like William Byron. I love that number for a a prop top 10 pick. And I'm liking William Byron for the reasons that we called out. I mean, only four races here, total three top 10s. They're all coming right in a row. Most recently, finished his best finish last time around at Pocono when he finished fourth. The thing about Byron that I didn't mention earlier was he moves through the field really well at Pocono. So he's historically had some pretty bad starting positions and he may have some, uh, a couple this weekend because he's not going to be within that top 12 since he is right now 14th in the standings. So he may end up a little further back, but that's okay with him. The 24th car likes to move through the field apparently. So that number with his stats, I'm, I'm not going to dive too much further into him since we already went pretty detailed earlier. Mark me down for William Byron finishing in the top 10. Hendrick Motorsports. This is a, a car that could get them back to where they were. So a good top 10 pick there. Second guy we already touched on a little bit, but I'm going to call him out here because of the value. And it's Eric Almarola. Now, I know it took Tyler Reddick to beat him in the head-to-head matchup, but I like to make my bets kind of in a silo. And the head-to-head matchup, I mean, that was minus 115. The number for Eric Almarola to finish in the top 10 is plus 250. So nine races, two top 10s. He's right around that top 10 number. Last year, like we called out, 10th and 12th. The year before that, he finished seventh here, so good numbers. And then, obviously, his success with a third-place finish at Talladega. So that number, plus 250, is what draws my attention to Eric Almirola in this case. So mark me down for the 10 and a top 10 finish. Finally, in the top 10 section here in this prop area, we're going to go with Clint Boyer, somebody we've not talked about in this episode. His number is plus 140 to finish in the top 10. So Boyer, I mean, you could use him as a a total use case. We could dive a full thesis into Clint Boyer right now this year. But his last five races at Pocono, two top 10s, including a fifth place finish. 
but he also has two 11th place finishes. So just missing that top 10. So the bet is a solid one, good value plus 140 because he's going to be right around that area according to his last five races here. In addition to his history at Pocono, this 14 team, they need something. I mean, what is going to give here for these guys to, to get it going? I don't understand why they aren't better or why they aren't further along. So two back-to-back -back races, Saturday and Sunday, it, you know, guys are going to sink and swim in the standings and the 14 teams really going to need to focus and stay on point. So I'm going to zero my bet in on a top 10 here because you have to imagine that they are starting to get a little desperate themselves. So Clint Boyer plus 140 mark me down for that. Now we've got some other prop bets that are very interesting and some of them we haven't really seen before. So the first one though, I'm going to give you a tip because I'm spotting something. It just, uh, it isn't right. So when we're talking about, there's two different bets out there that you can make. One is betting on which team is going to win the race. So obviously Gibbs is the favorite here. They're going off at plus 150. But I want to give you a little tip because if you're somebody who's out there that's like, yes, I'm betting on Gibbs to win this race, I think it would behoove you to ignore that bet and look to the manufacturer's bet because Toyota is going off at plus 175 as the favorite. So if you place that bet, you're essentially saying you have all of the Gibbs cars plus Christopher Bell at better odds for you as the gambler. So don't place that bet on Gibbs. Place the bet under the manufacturer's bet for Toyota to win the race because you get more drivers and you get better payout if it hits. So that's something that I just wanted to call out to you as the gambler because you make a little bit more money that way if one of those guys hits. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, if anything, you know, Toyota should be like plus 125 or something like that, but I just checked it right before recording and it's still there. So mark it down if you really think the Gibbs team's gonna win. Now, other than Gibbs, I mean, we talked about how they're dominant. If you want to just say, all right, I'm not going to take the favorite. I want a little bit, you know, more of a payout and more of a, you know, underdog. Penske's going off at plus 325. I think that's a pretty solid number for Kozlowski, who we called out possibly to win. Logano and Blaney, who we called out in the head-to-head -head section. We, we talked about their numbers here. So plus 325 for those three guys, that's pretty solid. So that might be something. And then if you're somebody who is clinging on to the, the Hendrick history here and you want them to get back to glory at Pocono, plus 350 is their number. So pretty solid if you're trying to avoid the, the favorite in that prop bet, some, some better payouts there for those guys. So if you're somebody like me who's taking you know, the favorites and the, the odds to win the race, you might want to go with more of the underdog in a bet like this. So that's probably what I'm going to do. And uh, I'll probably roll with Penske, to be honest with you. Now, there are some other prop bets that I mentioned haven't really been here before that I think are worth talking about. So the first one has to do with stages. And I really like the fact that they're bringing the stages into the, the gambling realm because if you're someone, it's like if you're betting football, right? You've got those degenerates who just love betting first quarter action or first half action. And in this case, you know, you got uh, people who may want to bet stages. So I, I love how they're starting to incorporate it. The question that's out there right now, though, is, Will a driver, doesn't matter who, but will a driver win both stages and the race? So basically sweep the, the whole thing. And if the answer is yes, you're getting plus 650 to do that. No, which is clearly way harder to do, is minus 1430. So you'd want to stay away from the no, unless you just want to make pennies pretty much, um, unless you have a ton of money to spend and risk. At a place like Pocono, though, I, I don't think that it would happen because I think you're going to get a lot of guys, because it's kind of a, a fuel mileage race, I think you'll get a lot of guys pitting before the end of the stage to prepare themselves. They'll give up track position or the, the stage finish uh, points to try to you know get tires and fuel heading into the beginning of next stage. So that would result in kind of different people winning each stage. But at plus 650, 
I would probably just throw something down there just in case you get a guy who's just pure dominant out there and and not worried about uh, the stuff we just talked about. So I would probably not bet the no option just because the value is just pathetic and horrible. Um, I don't think that'll happen, but who knows? I might have a few cocktails on Saturday afternoon and, and throw it in just to, you know, see. So I, I just love the aspect of betting on the stage. That's probably why I would end up doing that. So that's my take on that bet. Now, there's a few other bets pretty crazy. I mean, this, this is for some real degenerates like myself out there. It has to do with the, the car numbers out there. And um, we're talking car number odd or even who will win the race. And even is going off at minus 225 so now you got to really put together a list of in your head like who the even drivers are i mean kozlowski harvick newman reddick almirol i mean that just going through the the top 10 there odd is plus 105 so now you're trying to think all right well who are some odd drivers that are pretty solid and i'm thinking of chase elliott for one i'm thinking of martin truex jr is another uh, two guys that are, are very strong. So Kurt Busch in the one car. I mean, he's got some good track history at Pocono. Um, that's a that's one that I don't like taking the favorite in these you know prop bets because I don't like getting uh, lesser value. So I feel like this is a, a tough one to choose from. But uh, if I had to choose, I would go with the odd number drivers. I mean, Denny Hamlin, we called out as someone that we like. So he's somebody that could cash in on that bet. So the other one, which I think I will take for sure, and that's the over-under for the car number, and it's 17 and a half. So the over is actually the underdog here, and you're getting more value. It's plus 100 compared to minus 134 for the under. And I'm a little surprised by that. So obviously the big number that you're looking for is the 18 car and he would be considered part of the over, which is the the better value for you as the gambler. So I'm going to take the over in this one. And uh, I mean, two of the guys we called out to, to win the race are over Eric Jones and Kyle Busch. But I mean, if you just look at the different teams, right, three of the four Hendrick drivers a camp that was historically very good here in the early 2010s. They're above 17 and a half with their car numbers. You've got two of the Gibbs drivers and plus their affiliate, the 95. They're over 17 and a half. So, I mean, pretty solid. I mean, one of the, the Penske drivers is above 17 and a half with Joey Logano. You have solid drivers that are over that number. So I'm going to go with it on Saturday and then kind of see where we roll with at that point. So overall, though, I'm just thrilled at seeing some new options out there. And we're not even touching on all of them. I mean, you have the the best driver per manufacturer out there um, with some decent odds there. And um, you've got the best driver in the group. Top five, yes or no. I'm, I'm liking, you know, Chase Elliott in that option. He's, he's like plus 175 to finish in the top five. Pretty solid there. So there are more things that you can really dive into, but these were the stages and the car number stuff, something I wanted to call out on the podcast this week. So I thought that was pretty interesting and I was happy to see it. So now I'm going to get into some of the, the Phil's fired up stuff that I wanted to talk about because this section, I mean, really in the past was stuff that I was trying to, to rant about that NASCAR could be doing better to incorporate you know, gambling or, you know, the sports books could be doing more for the, the NASCAR section. And I think there's real opportunity here for the props for NASCAR and the books to take advantage of this double header at Pocono. I mean, it's not been done since I've been a fan of NASCAR, something like this. So this weekend, I feel like it'd be great to see something incorporating both races, right? So ideas that I'm just going to throw out there, and if this ever comes to fruition, you can you know give me credit. Full Tank Phil, hit me up. So I think it'd be kind of cool to see, we talked about stages a second ago, over under a driver winning one and a half stages, just yes or no. You know, will, will a driver win one and a half stages on the weekend? And we're talking 
you know, stage one, stage two, and the, the race would actually be stage three. So if they win the race, that counts towards it. So will a driver, you know, over under one and a half, obviously if the books, you know, choose a different number, maybe it's two, two and a half, whatever the number is. I just think incorporating all six stages for the weekend would be a pretty cool bet because now you're paying attention based on, you know, both races all weekend, say, you know, a guy goes out and hits two stages on Saturday. Now you're really paying attention on Sunday to see if you can pull off maybe that, that first stage to cash in. So um, really like that. Then you could even take that a step further and just say team wins. You know, what team is going to have the most stage wins and have odds on that number as well? I mean, that is something that really changes the way you think about the race. You think about betting on the race. So thought that was pretty interesting and, and total laps led. You know, you could do that per driver. You could do that per team for the whole weekend. I think there's about 675 laps coming this weekend, if my memory serves me correctly. So, you know, what team or what driver is going to lead the most out of that number? I mean, I think that's something that would keep me glued to the TV for both of those races if I were to place that bet. The other thing, and the last thing that I'll just throw out there as a, as a rant here, as an idea, would be to set over-under for an average finish per driver. And I know that's pretty in-depth for the sports books to do that, but I don't think it'd be very hard because you could just look back at each year, and you know, there typically have been two races per year, and most drivers have been around for a little while now, so it'd be pretty easy to set that number, what that would be. And you could bet, you know, so let's just take... You know, Denny Hamlin, for example, set his over-under average finish at 10. All right. That would be pretty interesting if he goes out on Saturday and puts a 12th place finish together. Now you just need him to finish like seventh or better if you bet the under, which would assume that he's going to do well. Um, I think that's a pretty cool bet. And going back to how we want NASCAR to really lean into the gambling aspect of it, if they were to do that, they could really highlight that stuff and give more things for Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon and, you know, the NBC guys when we get there to talk about during the race, you know, showing on Sunday, hey, this is the number that this driver needs to hit in order to, you know, cash in for those gamblers. So something that I think if they're going to continue with this double header, you could call it a gimmick. You could call it just a strategy for NASCAR. If they're going to continue with it at Pocono or elsewhere, something they could really sync together, have some synergy with the sports books and the gambling world. So that'll do it for another edition of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. We've got the first ever double header trying to cash in on these picks on Saturday so Sunday can be nice and easy, putting some bets down, feeling really good, and hopefully we're coming out of this weekend on top, ready to go to the Brickyard next week. So let's make it happen. And remember, look for us at Instagram, at Full Tank Phil, for any updates that we have coming up this weekend. Remember, drive fast and take chances, and we'll see you next time. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go.